Have you heard of the giants in the sky? Why, yes, I have. No, not to you. I meant the listener. Oh, right. Yes. Carry on. <clears throat> okay, let's try this again. Beyond the clouds and the storms, where the wind dances and the sun lives alone, lived a group of beings called the giants. It is said they were in charge of building the world, and from the earthen rock found near the core, they sculpted the bodies and minds of people. Knowing their time is limited, for the sun calls for them once more, they gave these people thought, independence. You could say civilization. Why do you always do your voice like that? Is it because... <clears throat> As the giants walked away from their finest creation, whether it be the world or the people, they had one final task, to find a guardian worthy of overseeing the world. Others needed their care, and the responsibility was becoming increasingly difficult. As rapid as these creations were growing, it became clear that instead of a giant, a human was better fit to lead them. A human transcended. Can one join their ranks? Can they bear the responsibility? They would need to prove themselves. So it is now that these legends started an ancient rumor seeded in the minds of the common man, taking many forms harnessing fire, electricity, technology, and the like. It's why we have an obsession with achieving these breakthroughs, for they bring us closer to them. One in particular was very obsessed. The strange part? He wasn't human. He was a frog. Episode 10 The Steps of Giants Welcome to the Tempered Fables. My name is N.T. Clover. Come, sit by the fire. Let me tell you a story. Dr. Neat Leapfrogger was the product of madness. The guinea pig for a team of scientists exploring animal brains, they discovered firsthand that if you had injected enough insanity into an animal, it'll become human. What a coincidence. Unlocking the secrets of the poor frog's mind through weird concoctions and other gizmos, its mental barriers broke. In an instant, it rose and grew, becoming vastly intelligent. And Project Newt became a human-sized frog. Slightly, no, very above average in height, once it stands on its hind legs, it had a large jade pot belly with gargantuan green eyes and a protruding mouth that housed his slobbering thick tongue. Shocked, the scientists weren't sure what to do at first, but the frog spoke, muttering his first ever words. So what are we building today? It had observed and observed from the bottom of its aquarium how these scientists went about their day. Science was all it knew and learned and Newt, as a result, became a little bit of an Einstein holed up in the outskirts of town. Every day he toiled and tinkered and went to great lengths to achieve his beloved inventions. 
Decades later, now that his fellow science brothers were gone, it was up to him to solve the world's greatest mysteries. Not all geniuses are perfect, however. He's meticulous. X must result in Y, A must result in B, and so on. He wanted things in order, just as envisioned. A perfectionist in nature, this became an obsession for him, always adjusting and always adding little bits and pieces to his already amazing machines. The crowds around him would always be curious as to what the big amphibian would make today. They wonder and wonder and take a guess as to what he will do next. I think he'll make a giant dragon. I think he's going to grow giant vegetables for us. I think he's just crazy stupid. But they all had a consensus. They were afraid. He was different and intelligent. Too intelligent. There was a certain distance in the words spoken. Dr. Newt was left to his own. But all was not lost because frogs can dream too. Curious since a wee little tadpole, Dr. Newt had always looked up and dreamt of what was up there. Now, coupled with an unparalleled intellect and restless demeanor, he resorted to become the first being. He wanted to fly to space or the stars or whatever it is out there. At the very least, what's out there beyond the sky? When he became the doctor he is now, he had read about the legends and heard stories. No one knows what's out there beyond the night sky. There could be angels, monsters, or nothing at all. If anything, all the stars we see could be fake. They could already be long gone. But these are just tales, and some are made up to scare us. Dr. Newt wants results. Dr. Newt wants the truth. Of course, most people would think these to be impossible. As we grow up, some dreams become trivial. We think we shouldn't work on them, that they shouldn't exist, that we should be realistic. Trivial, like superstition, myths passed down from generation to generation just to scare the children. But those who obsess and make things happen have no time to explain to the world how they shape reality in their own way. That was some great wisdom, Mr. Narrator. You should share that with the world somehow. Thank you, thank you. I try to be smart. Anyway, enough about my little distraction, my little droning. Back to the story. Things took a hard turn when one fateful night, tinkering in the dark, Dr. Newt looked outside the window to see a raging thunderstorm. Huh, he croaked. Rarely storms around here. Whatever. He went back to his current interest, creating endless rain within a closed environment. Very sensitive stuff. As he continued with his experiments, the rumbling came closer. And closer. And closer. All of a sudden. Kablang! Lightning strikes the house. Well, actually, he hit a lightning rod at the top of the house that's connected to all his crazy machines, but... Lightning! It crawled through the fancy cables at an incredible speed. Right when Newt was about to make contact with dangerous chemistry, his hands filled with tubes of strange liquid. The lightning created a sudden explosion. 
his body flung back across the lab, crashing through desks and documents, as well as his own experiments. Strangely enough, the amphibian had a dream, or a vision rather. He dreamt of a metal trap door in the sky, at the peak of a massive thunderstorm. It was a vivid image, made even more so by the accompanying voice echoing across the sky. The answer you seek lies here. What? Where? He shouted back. What lies beyond the sky? Where? Here. Where? He heard a little in the sky, and soon after he woke up. Then again, the answer you seek lies here. What? Where? What lies beyond the sky? Where? Here. Where? He heard a little in the sky, and soon after he woke up. It was a complete mess. Papers and liquids were everywhere, and glass laid spread across the room. The only companions for the now conscious amphibian. But Doctor Newt didn't care. He couldn't believe it. It felt real. There was a voice, some sort of guide, looking out for him and his dreams. The scientists would normally question such events, but. Being the determined frog that he is, Doctor Leapfrogger would do anything to find his answers. You see, the lone frog had another reason why he was obsessed. He wanted to prove himself as a being. Humans won't face him at eye level; they are afraid. He believed that figuring out the answer to what's out there may unlock something in him too, something that could make him feel complete. Like a place built for him, a home, and maybe, just maybe, humans can accept him for who he is, not what. Time to find that door, he said to himself. Immediately, he scuttled around his lab for paper. And started drafting the blueprints for a ship, an airship, actually. He's built mechanical kites and tested smaller airships beforehand, but never one of this scale. They were still at their early stages, and none of them could ever survive a big storm, just like that dream, according to the doctor, at least. Nothing will stop him, however. The mayor of the town provided him the money and materials, transporting them to the lone house in the hills. He was eager to help him. The scientists had always helped the town's problems just out of sheer curiosity: windmills, running water, filtration systems, electricity, and even magic yo-yos. It was because of the frog's madness that the town prospered. From the square, you could see the ship. It was the largest invention the crowds had ever seen. The bow shone at the top of the hill. A gleaming stone paint over the wood. Stone paint makes you go faster, according to legends. According to him. 
What is that? Is that a new airship? Is that a monster? I told you that frog is crazy stupid. When he was done, he felt ecstatic. He followed his blueprint perfectly, down to the last detail, not leaving anything behind. Nothing can stop him, or so he thought at first. The questions that haunted him for the past few months came back again. What if there's nothing up there? What if I don't like it? Will I survive? Will I die? But doubts are fleeting, and they infect the mind. Do it for real, and they'll go away quickly. He learned that the hard way. Standing at the head of the completed airship, Doctor Newt Leapfrogger swatted his thoughts away with his grubby hands. I'm ready! He shouted at the sky. You wait for me up there, whatever you are. As if heeding a call or by miracle, a storm started brewing. Unnatural it was, of a magnitude greater than ever seen. The sounds of thunder multiplied, and lightning crept closer and closer. The sunny day blackened out, but he was prepared for this. The grand toad, built with the strongest oak and reinforced with a powerful alloy, spread its sails and braced for a dark adventure. The grand toad rolled down the catapult ramp built for the ship. Doctor Newt sat in his iron cockpit and braced as it sped up. In midair, the toad spread its second set of wings, giving birth to the largest man-made, or should I say, amphibian-made. Flying machine in history. From the square, it looked like a painting. The airship sailing into the storm, whether it be out of madness or fear. Squinting, you could just make out a slight smile on the ship's oak. You see, adventures like these are only for the brave and crazy. Sometimes you need a bit of both. After all. Only the brave step foot into the unknown, and only the craziest seek it. We are curious either way. Meanwhile, in the cockpit, Doctor Newt was staring at danger. He was looking at the center, the eye they call it, the eye that instills fear. And we, my good listener, are going straight into it. The frog croaked and started to have second thoughts. Is it really here, the door? The thoughts lingered. But I saw it. He ribbited. I saw the visions they gave me. The thunder rumbled and tumbled. Dark clouds now surrounding the grand toad. There was only darkness, yet it still flew. Bracing for turbulence, the scientist gripped his controls and entered the fray. The sails, a thick cloth over a metal mesh, shook violently in the harsh winds of the thunderstorm. Cracks began to sound in the wood. The mast howled in the downpour as it whined and cried, bending, resisting to the might of thunder and lightning. The frog was somewhere else. On deck, his eyes were darting all across the dark ocean of clouds. His ship was still hanging on. Through his spyglass, he looked for a sign—a trap door, just like the one in his vision. Metal, square, gray, like some sort of cellar door, old and hey, there it is. 
Nothing was over it and nothing was under it. A trap door hanging there in the sky. It hung, elevated over the peak of the thunderstorm. He will need to climb in altitude. Distance 700 meters. The thunder was deafening and the boat rattled as they flew closer. 600 meters. 500. The boat started to disintegrate. The shaking was too violent, damaging the hull. The nuts and bolts were coming off slowly. It was becoming difficult to maintain its shape. 300 meters. 200. Every strike pierced the ship, leaving gaping holes in the poor toad. 100. But the latch is so close. Now! From a distance, the ship tumbled out of the sky. Onlookers were shocked, waiting in anticipation for something to happen. You could tell their hearts were broken at the sight of the falling ship. Oh no, the frog is gone, but he did so much for us. The mood turned solemn for the crowd. Children started to cry. They had always thought of the frog as a superhero, always making cool, crazy inventions. The adults were sad too. They couldn't get close to him, especially after the scientists were gone. The frog became alone and locked himself in his lab all the time. They couldn't relate at all. They were afraid. Of course they were. The scholarly world was intimidating and made even more so from the eyes of a different race. It was too different. Fear clouds us. People build invisible borders around things they don't understand. But they only need to know one thing. In this world, no one needs to prove themselves. We just need to spend more time understanding each other. A sea of pink clouds raised across the sky. All you see if you look down was air and nothing else. The land was seemed so distant. Within the strange void, you would never have guessed that it existed. Also, you never would have guessed that underneath, there was a crazed frog hanging onto a trap door in the middle of all of this. But there is, and he succeeded. With that said, he held onto the latch for dear life, with nothing but his lab coat, his spyglass, and lightning strikes surrounding him. All of them converged into a regular pattern, flashing with light and shaking his core. But he wasn't scared. His fear was great. But his obsession is greater. Slowly, the trapdoor opened. A strange gravity pulled Dr. Newt into the bright light in the hole, warming his cold-blooded skin. The contrast between the loud darkness and the sudden pocket of silence started to calm him. Out of the storm and into the strange void, he looked around, confused and still floating upward. What is this? He thought to himself. Are we in the same world? Did I die? His thoughts echoed throughout the sky. Whatever conjured up in his mind was amplified for the whole world to hear. If there was anyone in this world, they were open, naked, exposed. What met him 
left him baffled. Beyond the skies came the blackness of space with nine gigantic thrones floating above. Set upon them were great beings, embodiments of legend. Giant humanoids they were, either made of stone or made of metal. Some had animal heads and held in their hands colossal weapons of power. They were inconceivable and true to the images recorded in history books. They had long awaited his arrival. What took them aeons to build had led to this one moment. They were seeking a new guardian, a new giant, and there Newt was. The helpless frog floated towards the middle of the circle of thrones. On a tiny pink cloud for him to stand on, it felt firm to the touch of his feet. He panicked and worried about a lack of air, but it seemed fine to breathe in his place. Welcome, Dr. Newt Leapfrogger. The voice reverberated and shook the clouds around the amphibian. It came from the one in the middle, a giant humanoid covered by a cloak of silver and gold. It sounded familiar. His appearance, however, wasn't. You are the voice in my vision, the frog finally spoke. Yes. Yes, I am. The giant tapped his large staff, and a ringing bell boomed across the sky. What? Who are you? he asked. Silence ensued. The frog looked around. All of a sudden, one of the giants, one of a falcon for a head, burst out laughing. Ha! Huh. You're the leader and he doesn't know your name. Slow giggles of animal sounds could be heard all around. The leader looked annoyed. I wish they didn't burn my books a long time ago, he said to himself. Newt looked around. These giants don't seem as intimidating as they look. Even in a different world or dimension, you can find smiles here and there. I am... The giant in the middle paused for a while. The Cloaked One. Yes, you may call me that for now. Strange. There was common knowledge that these giants had common names. Uldor, the Tame. Astra, the Proud. Maybe he needed to hide his name. Why? Do you know why we've brought you here? The Cloaked One asked. The other giants waited for the amphibian's response. He shook his head. No, I know you brought me here for something, but I wanted to see what the world was like up here. The up there, I mean, I wanted to know. Now he has his answer. Clouds, thrones, and godlike beings. And what will you do next? I... He trailed off. He never thought that through. Was something supposed to come after? The obsession ended there. His plans included coming back to the town and proving himself to the people. Now that part is ruined. There was no conclusion. Only more things to worry about and more questions. How is he going to get out of here? How am I going to get out of here? How can I get back to land? Can I even get back? In the midst of his thoughts, Newt looked up to see the cloaked one, amused. You see, young tadpole, 
We have reasons to bring you here. He stood up from his throne, a towering figure in the sky. These legends, myths, if you want to call them, they are callings for those who are worthy to heed its voice. For those willing to go the extra mile, willing to struggle to reach the end goal. The other giants nodded. Why? Why would you put people through that? The little frog asked. To see if they are worthy. Worthy of what? Becoming a giant. The air started to shake. Out in the distance, an object of stone rose from the cloud floor. It was another throne, floating through the air, slowly approaching them. This one was different. Streaks of nature grew on its arms, leaves and branches pouring from the back. Above it, there was a large tome, its cover lined with rubies and gold. The pages were empty. This, we made it for you. Stunned, the frog wasn't sure what to say next. Never in a scientist's life can one think logically of what to do next in a conversation with gods. Do you have any questions? The giant with the falcon asked. He took a good look around. Maybe it's better to start from the beginning. Why do they, we, call you giants? There were elements of ancient history that were cut off and left unrecorded. Books were burnt. Natural disasters happened. One of them was their origins. Giants were a natural belief in everyday life. The cloaked one started. Because we are giant in nature. And not just according to one's senses. Love, compassion, and everlasting time. You see, wisdom, emotion, and hope creates existence. Existence is the core of any entity. For us, we have ventured beyond its reaches. Existence in all of its patterns and all of its chaos, the very definition became the product of trivial matters. It had become irrelevant, minuscule as we looked up, like mere ants under the sun. We have chosen, nay, we have decreed the rules of mortality to be of no relevance to us. We have chosen to be nothing, to cease to exist. We have chosen to be nothing, and therefore have become everything. We became nature. And by becoming nature, all that was a part of us became endless. At once, the giants on the throne tapped their weapons at the same time, staves, swords, and the like. For mortals, they could only understand our being from the lens of their mortality. They were limited due to time, whereas we are not. The difference between us was recognized and led to our titles in your ancient language. Giants. A fitting name, I believe. The cloaked one laughed. The frog slowly nodded. He pointed to his potbelly. And why me? The falcon giant stood up. Your obsession serves your people well. You built these things to protect them, didn't you? Without them knowing. Yes, but they never loved me. I never felt anything. And... Did you love them? Yes. And you wanted to prove yourself, right? Right. 
To who? He glared at him. Well, the people, the humans, everything on the planet. Wrong. It was yourself. It had always been. There was no obligation. There was no rule. You had only yourself to prove to. And you did it. You reached the top. What has that accomplished you? Need thought about that question for a while. Nothing. I don't feel any different. Exactly. There was never a need. The frog's want became a need for validation, for acceptance, and the like. But he was desperate, and the constant need to prove himself left him blind to others. The mirror in his mind appeared again. Looking at himself, he touched his reflection with his webbed fingers and began to tear up. There was never a need to prove himself. He already does exist. What should I do? Love them all the more and love yourself. In between them all, a pool appeared showing the town he lived in. The mayor, the people, the children. They were mourning for his loss. They really did love him. Falcon Giant tapped his staff. Love them in your own way and you'll receive love. You will transcend over time. The throne appeared before him, now whittled down to a size fit for the frog. Sitting on it, Dr. Newt went up and joined the other giants. Welcome aboard, young tadpole. We're going to have to give you a new name. The falcon giant smacked him on the back of his lap coat. The bear giant grunted. It is proof of your transcending. Let's see, the cloaked one wondered. How about... Jalaga? It had a nice ring to it, the frog nodded. So, what should I do? Do what you do best with that brain of yours, Jalaga, said the falcon giant. Experiment and help those in need. The floating tomb descended in front of the newly formed giant. A writing quill appeared out of thin air. He thought of the town and what they needed. He thought of the children. He thought of flight. Then he began his finest work. From then on, Jalaga the giant became known to humans all over the world as one of science and discovery. He became the guardian for budding scientists all around the world, explorers wanting to leave a mark on history. His hometown chose the frog as their guardian animal. The frog became the symbols for taking great leaps. My dear listener, you are not an ant waiting to be stomped by fears, doubts, and the like. You are as large as the universe, in aspirations, dreams, and greatness. Step into the world of giants. Transcend and follow their footsteps. Take the leap and shake the world in your own way. From nothing, everything is possible to you. And that is the end of the tale. Until next time, friend. I'll be waiting. By the fire. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> no, not you. If you could kindly go back inside the book, that'll be great. Jalaga is here to stay. You can go back where you came from. Nope, nope. I'm on my throne. It'll be all good. Nope, 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 nope. This is my story. Alright, get back inside.
Hey there, Norman here. It's been a while, but finally we got this episode out. This one's the uh, last episode of season one this year, and I'm happy that it's finally out. <laughs> so this is the first time in introducing more strange voices, namely the frog, Jalaga, or Newt. And I got the idea for this story from a quote by Isaac Newton. If I have seen further than others, it is by standing upon the shoulders of giants. Now, I don't know if that's actually said by Isaac Newton, but, well, it gave me the inspiration, so I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> Other inspirations include Sly Cooper, the video game series for the PlayStation 2. They had anthropomorphic characters, one being a talking raccoon and others. <laughs> I thought of the first boss from the first game, which is a giant gargantuan frog. For some reason, that was the picture that came up when I imagined this main character and this story. So yeah, that's how it became a frog. <laughs> Initially, it was going to be an all-human cast for this story, but I wanted to create something more interesting. Characters that will last way beyond the episode that they're introduced in, so maybe these characters can be recurring could make references and whatnot. We'll see. I have a few ideas for the next few stories, so look forward to Jalaga and the rest of the giants coming back for any fantasy story involving gods and stuff. <laughs> As always, thank you for supporting me. If you want to support this podcast further, it would really help me if you could leave a rating on Apple Podcasts or on the podcast app that you're listening this on. The more ratings that I get, the more listeners will increase. And that will push me to further create more stories and diversify into other radical ideas, knowing that this podcast is supported by fans. Well, a growing number. <laughs> I'll introduce an interesting episode before the year ends. It's not a story, but uh, look forward to it. As always, this is Norman, voice actor, writer, and everything else in between. And I will see you in the next episode. Bye. The following songs were used under the Creative Commons license from Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com. Ripples. Gypsy Shoegazer No Voice. The Forest and the Trees. Suonatore di Liuto. March of the Spoons. Burnt Spirit. And Past the Edge. Sounds were obtained from Zapsblatt.com.